everyone, and welcome back to the DCU Soccer Podcast. Again, uh, with Daniel, uh, the co-host of the DCU Soccer Podcast. Um, did you want to give the listeners a little update on, you know, what you've been up to and how, how you've been dealing with the, the, the world, I guess? Uh, hi, I'm Mr. I wasn't able to tune into this week's game because I was working at the time, which was is kind of like the big development. I actually, uh, through sheer luck, uh, was able to nab a job in this uh, sort of circumstance. So uh, just been really plugging at that. But, um, you know, uh, it's it's just been a lot and, and we're we're happy to kind of be back with the show. It's just. I'm having a tough time finding a ton of motivation uh, with with soccer in general. Uh, typically, like even even with the Premier League, uh, when uh, a team has won the championship, that's always been kind of a thing. But you know, unfortunate for Liverpool, it being you know that 30 year gap, they finally got their monkey off their back. Uh, just it seemed a little bit anticlimactic, just mostly because they ran away with it, but also because it's just been very hard to get back into it. There's just something that feels a little bit off. Something's a little bit missing. You know, maybe it's the sort of gravitas with the games and the fans, or it could just be the fact that a lot of professional grade players um, essentially had about four months where they could only train uh to a particular level and so you're seeing a lot of just just a little sluggishness um and a a little miscommunication between the teams you're seeing a lot wider uh gaps in the score lines uh and you're just seeing uh some some sloppy play and i think uh we'll we'll kind of get into that when we talk about uh this week's game um after a uh, series of fits and starts, uh, DC United was finally able to kick off against Toronto FC in their first round matchup of the Group C in the MLS uh, is back tournament. And so, Ken, what what can you say about this? You know, uh, what, what what DC United team did we see this week? Yeah, I mean, it, it was this was a pretty rough one. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, even going back to uh, h- how this game came to eventually be, I guess. Uh, so you know, th- there was uh, you know the, the the false start, I guess you would say on Sunday. You know, there was some tests that were done the night before that. Uh, you know, false positives. They turn. Yeah, I think that's the right term. False positives. Um, and you know, I think I think what ended up happening is Toronto then refused to show up or refused to play, Um, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, Ended up happening on Monday, Monday morning. So those of us who have, you know, don't usually wake up super early, had to wake up early again. Um, And uh, we were promised for real this time. And yet it did happen third time. Uh, Because remember, it was was also postponed to the Sunday originally. and and so the, the Sunday game was supposed to be the second reschedule, and then we ended up with a third reschedule. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, yeah, the game itself. I mean, uh, you, you know, you mentioned you weren't able to to catch it live, but you know, you, we've talked and you looked a little bit at the highlights. But you know, I, I, I it was pretty rough. I mean, it was. Uh, it was it was you know sluggish, uh, c- kind of similar to you know h- how they were playing those first two games right you know uh, months yeah. ago. 
and um, for the first whatever 60 70 minutes it was pretty much just one team on the field and that was Toronto well it was really funny when you uh, posted that picture at the start of the match you know saying hey this is it's good to see this it's good to be back and and all of that and then uh, uh, just a you know little bit down the line towards toward the, the end of the half uh dc just really fell apart you know a couple of times and uh boy i've never seen a a tweet age so poorly so quickly uh as yours did and you know i think for for a hot minute uh we all kind of thought that like this is just gonna be a disaster and really um, up until the last 10 minutes, literally up until the last 10 minutes, this game was not what we were. I, I can't I don't know if we can say if it was not what we were expecting, but I, I want to say we were expecting more than we had. Uh, you know, Benny Ball, to to whatever extent you want to kind of criticize it, it does play uh, relatively uh, back in comparison to a lot of other teams. Um, but it, we had a problem where the back line seemed to give sp- too much space, even when they were playing tightly. And we saw that uh, with Ao Akinola, who came through and, you know, his first goal was a beautiful little, uh, made it made it look like he was he was going to play it off. He went from uh, you know sort of like the corner of the 18-yard box, uh, played towards the middle, and what you know was going to look like maybe a pass to Pozuelo or something. Um, he really just kind of turned it. It was a really impressive goal to be honest. Uh, but he just kind of you know stopped it. And kind of, you know, had a nice little scoop uh, and and had everyone misdirected, you know, had Bill heading to the left side of the goal and he just kind of turned it all the way back at sort of like this wild angle that just really caught everyone off guard. So, you know, really, really rough. But I guess, uh, you know, if, if you're going to kind of open up a, a goal, at least at least that one, you know, you, you can't be too mad about it going in because that was uh, a really impressive uh, strike on his part. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Akinola had a, had a great game, uh, obviously, um, and yeah, it was kind of surprising that back line, you know, definitely played like a preseason game, some some fumbling, some, uh, you know, mishaps, uh, and and that really summed up that first half, kind of ending there with, with a red card to Junior Moreno, who uh, a lot of us, and myself included, uh, we're we're kind of surprised it took so long because he was kind of making a couple, um, couple really really rough challenges there and one specifically he made on a on a yellow card earlier uh, in the half he he probably should have been uh, sent off at that point but uh, you know at the end of that first half he decided uh, again to to kind of get a little uh, you know stuck in I guess and get I want that red I want to say it was it was. Was it Delgado or Pozuelo? Uh, was, was it was one of those things where it was a somewhat loose ball, or at least it was it was a pass that was somewhat laid off or didn't quite get struck the right way. I, I see where he was going with it because if you really kind of look at it, uh, the player he found kind of came, you know, sort of uh, left of the frame and. Um, 
I, I think was able to step in there. Now, unfortunately, you know, you're not supposed to sort of go through the body of your opponent, especially when they have their back turned to you. And that's exactly what happened. So he, you know, stuck his leg through trying to, uh, kind of get the ball away or at least off course. Um, but the Toronto player kind of stuck in, put his hip into it and, and really positioned him himself the right way so that the uh, Moreno would get caught on that foul. And so, like you said, he was for sure making some reckless plays before, but in that particular instance where he did receive that second yellow, uh, you can see it from, I would say, his perspective where, you know, that kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately, he just played too recklessly. And and again, you know, that's kind of a theme with him this year as well, where uh he he just seems to be making just just slightly poor decisions uh, in certain situations in the game. I think uh, maybe it's just some frustration that builds up. Uh, he's he's a player that I really like a lot, and actually having him and Felipe uh, shoring up that you know kind of uh, defensive uh, midfield is a really good combination. Uh, he is just a guy who really needs to focus in on himself you know and understand that like he can't be making plays like that because he's going to rack up suspensions he's going to put them down a man like he did in this game and we're just going to kind of be stuck with that so fortunately though uh after that happened um ben olsen made a curious move but you know what were you thinking when uh, Pipa Higuain came on the field and, uh, you know, see, seemed to seem to have a, a pep to his step. I, I will I will say for someone coming off a, a uh, season ending knee injury like he did, uh, he looked, uh, you know, not not blazing fast, but he looked pretty good out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the Junior Moreno stuff still, I mean, it, we definitely can't have, you know, uh, Felipe has his reputation too. We can't, we can't have them both, you know, being uh, reckless um, in, in that super important position, right? So uh, definitely looking uh, for better from, from Moreno there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so the, the first substitution that was made uh, right out of the half was to take Kamar off and put Fisher in. Um, mm. And then a little bit later was Yamil Asad. Uh, and then Kevin Paredes, and then I think in the yes. last like ten minutes, um, what was Pipa? But I think it was kind of confusing uh, looking at this that Kamara had came out, um, and and you know Knaus kind of shifted from that right back in uh, position to uh, the midfield, obviously to cover for Junior Moreno, right. um, and you know it kind of kind of was was a little odd. I think it did work. Uh, obviously, I guess, because, you know, we, we played a little bit better for most of that second half. Um, but, you know, I, I do think Russell Knauss really struggled on that that right side. So, uh, you know, O'Neill Fisher is a, is a natural defender uh, in that way. Right. Uh, but honestly, I mean, I think one thing that uh, I was really impressed about was uh, Kevin Paredes coming in, Andy Milasad both did pretty well. I mean, that, you know, we're, we're starting to look at it at our bench now and we're starting to see, you know, th these are players who, 
um, you know, Yamil Assad, uh, O'Neill Fisher. You know, these are solid players. And uh, Higuain, you know, would plays on you know as a starter for for other would play a starter for another team so yeah um you know uh, i i'm pretty impressed with that uh our bench and so you know right at the half though with segura kind of playing that striker position (laughs) was kind of rough uh we kind of got to see that for a little bit again and that was not my favorite (laughs) Well, even then, uh, Segura was playing that left wing for a majority of the game. Uh, for sure, he he had a certain spark uh, playing that position, um, but he 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 does not have that finishing capability. I think to be that kind of effective wing player who can you know. If you have an effective winger who can make a shot on goal, you always have to kind of worry about him making that run inside or finding that spot uh, in between the the back and the central defenders um, to really make that kind of a threat. And unfortunately, uh, Segura just didn't necessarily have that kind of pepper on his foot in this game. And uh, you have to wonder, you know, is that, you know... uh, how much of it is is sort of the system and how much of it is, uh, you know, Benny kind of working with the players that he's got. You know, bear in mind, Segura, he is a national team player for Costa Rica. So, uh, you know, he is not a slouch of a player, but I, I kind of look at that and, you know, um, I'm, I'm wondering why he doesn't have Assad. Uh, I, I know I know Assad was dealing with with kind of a knock uh, when when we sort of uh, went out of the season, but you, you'd surely think he'd be over whatever was happening at that time, and he's mu- a much better fit for that wing or even moving Flores outside and having Assad as that uh, central attacking midfielder. So um, just just very curious about how Ben is making these uh, sort of. Uh, substitutions or or these personnel decisions yeah yeah no totally i mean i think i think with yamil again remember like he hasn't played uh much yeah. in the last you know i guess going on i guess two years now right so um i guess maybe that's part of it uh it was it was great to see him come on and, and be kind of effective there mm-hmm. uh and and we kind of did you know the last 20 or so minutes we, we were really playing uh, uh, a lot better which doesn't say much <laughs> considering how how poor that was um, but I mean you know whoever it is having the subs come in and then get two goals uh, that's great <laughs> you know so um, it, it, it does suck that we had to go you know 85 minutes or whatever with with kind of a rough performance uh, you know but but yeah I mean that that's good. We we got a point out of it, um, and and I think you know it fills me with with a small amount of hope there. Right, and you, you know, gosh, uh, you don't. I, I don't necessarily know what what the deal is with Toronto because they looked so good for you know uh, like we were sort of saying about 83 minutes until uh you know people came on the field and really he <laughs> a nice move on his part and and bear in mind uh Higuain is not the fastest player on the field by any stretch of the imagination but uh Flores uh seemed to pick him out very nicely uh he timed his run so well 
the through ball, met him at his feet. And also bear in mind the uh, keeper for uh, Toronto, Westberg, uh, he played incredibly far off uh, his line. So really, uh, you know, with a player of Higuain's experience, he's going to see that. And so it was as a beautiful chip over Westberg and, and, and for that first goal for D.C., uh, and then shortly after that, uh, we had a set piece where um, I want to say, well, whoever what that was uh, playing that that uh, long free kick, I think maybe it was like Felipe or Mora, but a really nice uh, kick from kind of like where the midfield line meets the sideline on that left side uh, found or I don't know if he found Burnbaum or Burnbaum sort of found the ball in the box. He, he sort of had to adjust his run a little bit, but he was able to connect his head to that. Uh, it was kind of like a, a dink and dunk situation because uh, Burnbaum has the ball across uh, the, the sort of six yard goal or a uh, box and uh, found um, his, his partner in crime, uh, uh, Fred, Fred uh, Brian. And, uh, you know, great goal on his end uh, he, to really pick that out and to capitalize on what Burnbaum was able to do. Uh, but at this point now, uh, and, and again, this is this is only three games into the season, but Burnbaum is, or not Burnbaum, but Briant is our current uh, goal-scoring leader. And, and that is troubling to me uh, because a center back, you know, like I said, three games in, should not be uh, a goal leader. Now, Kamara did have a nice shot on goal, uh, a, a brilliant header that really Westberg just, uh, he's a guy who has unbelievable reaction skills. So uh, he was able to stop that. But Kamara just has not, you know, and again, this is a, a goofy clown car of a season. But, uh, you know, man, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for this guy to turn on and I, I want to see something soon from him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just to go back a little bit, the first goal, that was um, Felipe Martins with the assist there. Uh, okay. Flores had gotten, I think Yamil came in uh, for Flores, um, if I remember correctly. But, gotcha. but yeah, I mean, it, amazing through ball. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, to your point about uh, Brilliant being the, the leader there, that's definitely something that's, <laughs> you know, not great. Um, especially, you know, we talked a little bit about this before the season uh, and, and kind of in the – you know, start of the season, but like on paper, you know, that front four really should be doing better. Right. You know, especially with the options you have, um, you know, Yamil Assad, Flores, uh, Gressel and Kamara. I mean that on paper, that's, you know, at least in the top half of, of offenses in, in, in the league. So, you know, you'd, you'd think that at this point there'd be a couple more goals going in, um, and not just Frederick Brilliant getting getting yeah. them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it also it's kind of curious why Sorgo wasn't uh, on the bench even. Um, there were some rumors about him being the one that you know tested positive, but uh, the player you know tested negative after. But and maybe it was related to that. But um, you know, Sorgo uh, is is I guess our backup striker. Um, mm-hmm. So that that was kind of weird as well, considering how many how many different you know death pieces we had at all the other positions. We couldn't squeeze in Sorga for someone, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, 
the the, the last 10 minutes uh, were great. I do think, I mean, I think you, you even said this, right? Like Toronto uh, played pretty well. And this is a team that showed up to the bubble late, so they haven't had as much experience in the heat. Um, and they're coming coming from a colder place, obviously, in Toronto. Um, right. And so, you know, it kind of begs the question of, like, why was D.C. so much more lethargic than a team that is way less uh, acclimated to the, to the temperature already? Um, and their home temperature is even more different uh, than the, the muggy East Coast uh, that you get in, in Florida and then a little bit in, in D.C., right, when it's summer. So mm-hmm. um, it kind of begs that question. So, I mean, is, is, this, is this a coaching problem? Because, you know, the last two times we've had a, a restart here we, we've come out looking the, the same and and obviously it's not you know none of the excuses really work because Toronto's situation was was even harder and, and they were able to do it um so so you know a big issue and just looking uh at the stat line over on MLS uh I'm I'm getting such flashes of the you know uh last year's uh, MLS playoffs game where Toronto really sent DC packing in sort of the worst way. And if you look at the shot accuracy, uh, you see a lot more shots uh, coming from Toronto. And it's the fact you could argue, well, you know, uh, DC, like that's how Benny works. You, you pick your shots and hope for higher quality over quantity. But the problem is, is, is DC played so loose uh, defensively is that um, for all the shots that Toronto took, a lot of them were quality shots. A lot of them were really bad shots, but it's the fact that Toronto, again, was not afraid to take those chances that they had kind of a killer instinct going to, into this game. And you can even look at the passing accuracy where they had a uh, 12 point, uh, you know, sort of difference on us, uh, 90% to 78% are passing. Uh, just, you know, again, with Benny Ball, you know, passing is a big thing, and we just never seem to have a good grip on that. Uh, they spend way more time on uh, their attacking half. Uh, final third, they dominated us. Uh, the only part where we really had any, uh, you know, sort of look on them was was with our crosses uh but you know again this is a team that plays up the middle and and really uh dominated possession and really kind of brought it to us uh i think aside from some really poor finishes uh i think the overall attitude is that toronto really should have maybe scored four on us especially with uh going a man down um just a, a really rough look uh, at, at how little change has happened with DC United and, and sort of like, again, just that early game lethargy that, you know, is, is going to kill us this year, uh, because we can't do every game where, you know, uh, like, like Miami, like this game where we have a bonkers, uh, second half where we make some sort of brilliant comeback in the final 10 to 20 minutes that's not going to work every single game and at a certain point i mean we're going to start dropping points uh in a in a major way and with how good that new england looked against montreal uh with the type of attack that bruce arena has um i i'm not feeling super positive 
uh, about our chances coming up on Friday. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely, definitely echoing what what you're saying there. I mean, being, you know, a man down and uh, s- seemingly just putting on subs to see out the game or, or, you know, see if a miracle would happen, right? So, yeah, um, yeah did you want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you had, uh, you know, looked into the, the uh, Revolution versus Montreal game that happened. Um, so maybe, you know, what, what could we expect? You know, what are you worried about? <laughs> Other than, I guess, everything. <laughs> right. So, I mean, Montreal, uh, they just, uh, they played, you know, kind of a, a softer type of defense that, that really, um, uh, New England was able to exploit, uh, playing kind of a very strange, uh, sort of, five four one type of formation um so really sitting back but uh new england in there you know four two three one uh i think with pania and uh, uh boo or bow uh coming through um were two of the really deadly players and i think gill had some good looks uh coming in uh on on montreal's attacking th- or defensive third um really it's it's Bruce Arena, <laughs> you know, uh, I think Taylor Twelman um, had a really good point is that Arena is a tournament coach and he's got uh, some really good firepower uh, coming into this. So we'll have to see, um, you know, with the with their defensive end of things. Um, I, th- I think uh, even Montreal was able to get some looks in on there, but uh, it, it just seemed as though New England was able to hold them off, uh, you know, kind of effectively. Uh, so with us, I'm I'm looking at Pania, I'm looking at Bo, I'm looking at Gill, even Buxa, and I'm sort of wondering, whoo, is this going to be a thing where they can just pick their poison and they can make any sort of pass inside or or can Pania or Bo, uh, you know, sort of get that the defensive line or back line off balance and uh, really just keep them guessing this entire game. Uh, we have to play tighter. We have to play way more aggressively. And that's really just what DC needs to do. Uh, there's so many facets that the team needs to figure out uh, not only on a defensive end of things, uh, but also on the attacking side. Um, you know, as you said earlier, I think at a certain point this season, we were thinking like, look, I think our midfield, you know, in, in sort of like the defensive aspect is, is going to need uh, some work because we're, we are lacking some depth. But looking at that top four, uh, I think we were licking our lips quite a bit, you know, thinking like, you know, this is a team that even if they give up some goals, I think they, you know, we thought we, they could, uh, you know, have that firepower to match. And we haven't seen that at all. Again, pandemic everything happening in that end. But uh, even at the start of the season, um, just this team seems to lack a lot of uh, bite on that uh, last third of the field. Uh, They seem to lack a bit of communication and I don't know what Ben has to do. Uh, I think he's got players that are on his side. I don't think there's a locker room situation or anything where, you know, he's losing players or anything like that, but it's just, there is a breakdown at some point. And again, like I said, is this a system thing or is this truly 
working with the best that he's got and and somehow we're not able to make that um you know sort of conversion or you know to to really translate the talent that we have or the system that we have into wins so it's it's very confusing you know it's it's a little disheartening as a dc fan but you know how are you feeling you know after this game going into this next game can we have a shot um, I mean, I think I think Toronto. I think they played amazingly uh, against us, and you know, if, if we can pull a, a point out of that, you know, terrible game, I think we could do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Because that was that was just about as rough of rough of a game of, as I've ever seen, uh, and, and it was pretty much everywhere. Um, but you know, I, I think I don't think New England is quite as good as Toronto. Um, I think Toronto have have a good shot of of potentially winning the whole thing, honestly. Um, but you know, again, I I trust Bruce Arena to to do a job. I guess more than you know, I'm trusting this team right now, especially. So that'd be my my real my real you know uh, thing to look for is you know how is New England gonna exploit. Uh, the the relatively predictable uh, patterns that we see DC play. Um, how is he going to set things up? And and you know, it's it's potential. It has potential to be another a really rough one. Uh, you know, I think the the pre-tournament uh, prediction of me was that uh, we, we finished last. Um, and so it doesn't seem like that'll happen. Uh, but you know, New England, I think, is going to be a tough, tough opponent opponent here. I think if we can get a point against them, um, that can be, I think, a plus. If we hold out something, you know, um, if, if we can at least come out of the gate looking good, uh, I'll be happy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of at that point. Uh, I, I think with this team, <laughs> uh, there are times where I've, I've come to a point where, like, you know, I I sort of hope for the best a lot of times. Um, I you know I, I love DC United, but there are, there are just too many things I'm seeing this season where it's just like, oh man, you know I I wish there was a little bit more of a spark. Uh, I don't know what it takes. Uh, you know maybe maybe Ola Kamara is just not the right fit. Uh, maybe we we are looking for another Wayne Rooney type of situation. Um, but I will say, you know, we have some very young players, uh, Griffin Yao, Kevin Paredes, uh, Nyman. Um, I, I think all of those players have incredible potential. We also have really good veteran players. Um, I, you know, and, and hoping, hoping that Paul Areola uh, comes back and, and is healthy again and starts contributing to the team because he's definitely a sore spot. I think missing him on the field is uh, a huge blow to this team. Um, but overall, I, I hope at some point they'll be able to find some sort of spark that gets them, you know, say, say from mediocre to good, you know, and, and I hate to use that word because I mean, this team puts in, you know, a lot of work. They are a, a, uh, a team that's really well, uh, you know, together in that sort of sense. Um, but we're not seeing a, a team that can really challenge the top levels of MLS at this point. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I definitely echo with the Areola uh, missing. You know, he is such a key part of uh, where a lot of goals come from. And also just like, 
he is such a personality and such a big part of uh, you know what DC the team is you know like the hardworking um, and 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 productive winger he, he, he's really a big part so obviously that's that's a huge a huge loss and um, you know I, I think we we had might have thought it, it wasn't going to affect us this this much maybe but um, it's definitely proven to be a, a little bit rough. Um, I guess the other thing is, you know, uh, on the other side, th- these players haven't really gotten a chance to like learn each other's movements or anything like that. Um, I mean, this is really the, the third game that they've ever played together. Uh, it's it's pretty much a totally new front four. And, you know, y- yes, we have Yamil and, and Segura, but the the other three, you know, um, it, whether it be Ola Kamara, uh, if Sorg is in there, or... Um, you know, Gressel and Flores, those are all new players and they need to get used to playing with the other players and each other and, and all that. So these are the kind of things that when, when you're playing a normal season, um, they kind of, they typically get better over time when you have consistent playing time and you yeah. kind of learn movements and, and stuff like that. So it is very difficult for them, I'm, I'm sure. And it's probably very frustrating that they don't, they aren't really getting that time and they're kind of thrown into this tournament and and uh you know kind of like good luck figure it out um and after a you know uh kind of a drawn out and i think uh salty uh cba battle between the players association and mls um uh, this whole thing is is a nightmare uh i want i want to say that like i'd rather this wasn't happening. Um, I feel for the players who, you know, those who are go- going away from their families, uh, especially during a time like this, uh, who, you know, when you hear about the people who are affected by COVID, uh, the type of sickness they go through and, and the fact that it is kind of like a, a silent time bomb of a disease. Um, I think there's just a whole lot of, of mental um, stress and fatigue that a lot of these players are going through. So I don't mean to, uh, you know, I, I probably sound so hard, uh, you know, sort of talking about, you know, the the team and the type of start that they've had. And uh, I totally understand that. And and it's got to be such a tough job for everyone involved. Uh, this is more of an indictment on, <laughs> on Donnie G uh, because this is um, not the way I'd want this to go. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather call it, good on the 2020 season but obviously with the money that's involved in in this kind of league and a lot of other leagues uh a lot of millionaire and billionaire owners just can't really stomach that so uh you know unfortunate uh on that case but it is what it is yeah i mean there's there's a lot of talk and there has been i guess a lot of talk about whether this should even be happening at this point you know with the you know, false positive tests, the, you know, teams being kicked out of the tournament, you know, it, it definitely, and, and, you know, I've tweeted s- similar things to this, but at this point it does feel kind of like this is not really a good look. I mean, and, and, you know, beyond the massive health implications, which are the most important and, and should be the priority, um, you know, the, the quality of play is, is not, is not you know what we would come to expect uh, even of MLS right like it's 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 a little rough um, they're not really playing in a in a stadium they're playing on these like fields uh, it, it definitely has a lot of like you know Division three college soccer yes vibes. 
Oh boy! Uh, especially those first couple games there of the tournament, but yeah, um, yeah, and you saw how they they turned on crowd noise kind of quickly, because mm-hmm. um, that was very eerie, very you know, yeah, like D three college or like USL League two uh, didn't feel great, especially when you compare it to you know myself watching the championship in England or the Premier League or Bundesliga. It's it's uh, it was. Yeah, you know, it's it's very, very hard to, to say that, that it's looking too great. Um, but, you know, they've, they've iterated a little bit. Like I mentioned, they, they put the crowd noise back, or not back, I guess they've added crowd noise. Um, yeah. I think that's been a good uh, a good move. Um, and, and hopefully we're going to start to see, you know, as the rounds go on, a, a little higher quality of play as the players kind of get used to it um, and, and can actually play 90 minutes, uh, you know. Yeah. So I guess, you know, before we wrap this up, you know, uh, if you're hankering to uh, catch that next DC United game, um, fortunately, uh, this time at 8 p.m. So no late night game, no early morning game. Uh, This is very much a sweet spot uh, type of time frame. And it's going to be on FS1 in America, TUDN and TSN and TVA Sports up in Canada. So, um, or I guess, uh, you know, TUDN for the uh, uh, Spanish speaking among us. Uh, I want, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this all shakes out. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think this is going to be a barometer. Uh, like I said, seeing the type of attack that Arena put up against Montreal, I'm not feeling the best about DC United, but if they can solidify that defense, and like I said, if we can come away from this one with a point and say, you know, Toronto comes away uh, with three against uh, Montreal, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe they'll keep us within somewhat striking distance, or or maybe Toronto, you know, ties with Montreal. You never know. This is, uh, this is kind of a tough tournament to read so far because it is very much it's a preseason vibe, or like you were saying, a, a USL or uh, you know college division three type of vibe. It's it's very much. Uh, it's it's tough to get a read on on things and so uh you know really looking forward to seeing exactly what type of adjustment dc can make so yeah that's friday the the 17th friday at 8 the 17th yes okay so friday 17th 8 p.m fs1 tudn tsn tva sports tune in <laughs> yeah so that'll be really fun um i'm hoping you know we will probably see uh Knaus back in the midfield um forcing you know olsen to to pick uh someone different for for right back um so i i would expect o'neill fisher to be there um but i i would expect a pretty similar lineup i mean maybe we will see uh yamil Assad or something co- come in but um I'm, I'm expecting pretty similar uh lineup and and setup and you know kind of all of that considering it's it's only the first uh couple games here but yeah yeah so all right so uh i guess before we wrap this up is there any type of uh shout out or anything uh we are actually kind of working on something at the moment uh we will hopefully be able to announce it uh by the time we uh record our next episode but we're very excited uh with a particular thing we're working on so um hopefully we'll have 
very good news uh, the next time we record. But I just want to give a shout out to my employer, uh, the McQuillan Creative Group over here in Aberdeen, South Dakota, uh, working with them. So doing a lot of uh, marketing work. And so uh, that's that's been fun so far. And But you can find me uh, on the Twitters and Instagram. Uh, I'm at S Dakota Soccer. Yeah, and you can find me uh, at DCU underscore soccer on Twitter. Um, another shout out I want to do is, you know, leave a review for the show on, on iTunes or wherever. Uh, if we see it, we'll, we'll give you a shout out and we'll read the review uh, on the show. So, um, yeah, that'd be an amazing uh, thing to do. It, it really helps us out, um, you know, get more people listening to the show uh, and stuff like that. So. Um, that'd be great but otherwise I think we'll uh, see you next week